They say that experience is the best teacher, and the best way to learn from experience is to learn from others who have already found success. For this season of the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast, Michael has lined up a great group of successful people who will share their stories of how they got started and some powerful lessons from their accomplishments. He'll also be introducing you to people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey to share what they've learned so far. Success is not just about money, and we'll meet some people who have been successful in very unique ways. Entrepreneurship is an exciting journey, and we're glad to be along for the ride with you. Here's your host, the guy who knows a guy, Michael Whitehouse. Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy himself. And today we have Phil Gerbyshack. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, Gerbyshack. Gerbyshack. So Phil works with small businesses to use social and virtual selling to increase their profitability, productivity, and performance with speaking, training, and coaching programs delivered virtually, in-person, and hybrid. He's written five books, and his sixth book, Virtual Selling Essentials, will be available in the first quarter of 2022. When he's not doing all things sales, he's a husband and a bonus dad to two kiddos and two dogs. Please welcome sales speaker, sales podcaster, and pinball wizard, Phil Gerbyshack, to the show. And the fan goes wild. That's me. Yes, Hi, I, 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 may put, I may put applause in post-production there because I just Woo-hoo. set that up so well. Um, which is going to sound really funny when you hear the applause and then hear me say I'm going to put applause in. Even better. Spectacular. Yep. Or, or if I don't, then it'll sound even funnier. Either way, it's going to be funny. So, Phil, welcome to the show. And I'm going to start with the first question I think you're going to be able to rock, which is what makes you awesome, Phil? Well, what makes me awesome is my white glasses. Now, you might say, well, Phil, that's a article of clothing. Why, why, why does that make you awesome? But what I see with my white glasses is a lot of things very differently than other people. I have a background in sales, in marketing, and in technology wrapped around some leadership stuff. And I've been playing in the business space for a long time. I was early on social media guy, early on Twitter guy, early on LinkedIn guy, early on blogger guy, early on podcast guy. So I see things differently using my white glasses. And that makes me awesome. I love it. That is that is one of the best answers I've gotten to that question. As I suspected, you would have one of the best answers. So how did you get started? You said you, you were early into many of these spaces. So so how, how were you inclined and inspired to get into these spaces? Well, in 1996, I got out of the Navy and I went to college and I learned to build websites by hand. HTMLgoodies.com. Dr. Joel Stein taught me how to build websites by hand. And I built a website dedicated to the 80s, my favorite decade. I had 80scafe.com. And I had a website up on Angel Fire back when Angel Fire, GeoCities, Tripod, Lycos, right? In fact, Michael, secret, it's still there because I can't log in. But anyway, (laughs) right? So I made this website and it started being social because I had a guest book. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then people would email me and I would add to things. And I was like, hey, that's kind of social. And I actually had a guy from Brazil who sent me in a wave file of him uh, doing uh, Major Tom is Coming Home by Peter Schilling. Four, three, two, one. Uh, Yes, yeah, yeah. And he goes, what song is this? I have this loop stuck in my head. And it was before the internet was really easy to search. I mean, this is pre-Google. So I passed it around the office. We figured it out because it was not like, he was like, "Mm, mm, mm, mm." (laughs) it didn't even know the countdown, right? So the countdown starts, okay, I got it. Like if you'd have that, 
I don't know what song it was. So I got started there. Then I went into sales for a while. I sold stocks and bonds and mutual funds. I sold high-speed internet. And that was really fun. And then this social media thing, like, plop, came along in 2005 and totally rocked my world. And I would say that is when the Phil Gerbyshack that you know and love today really started. Okay. Uh, and just kind of kept building from there, social media yeah. and learning and trying and, and doing things. Yeah. Yeah. Joining networks, right? I mean, I was on Plurk. I used Friendster, obviously Twitter, one of the very early adopters of Twitter, had a blog, had a podcast, had all this stuff. Um, and as networks changed, my focus has always been on connection. I want to connect with people and learn who they are and see if I can help them. They can help me. And if we can work together, that's great. And if not, I can usually connect them to someone. I mean, I love your guy who knows a guy because that's kind of my my purpose in life too, is to be the guy who knows a guy who can connect you to a guy that says, you know, I know a guy just like that, that can help you. So I, I love that. And that's why I love social media. Mm-hmm. Now, now, so a lot of people, they, they're saying social media gives us you know, shallower connections and uh, less meaningful connections than we had, than we had in person. Um, so can we have meaningful connections through the internet? Absolutely. In fact, Michael, you and I have never met. I would say we have a meaningful connection. I have not as meaningful as some other connections that I have uh, only over the internet, but absolutely, I believe you can, but it has to go beyond just the commenting and liking and sharing people's posts. You have to go deeper. You have to have some real conversations like with this. Yes. Okay. We're going to have a podcast episode, but we'll probably have pre-roll, we'll have post-roll, we'll spend some time, we've got a prep call, and eventually we spend some real time together one-on-one. So I absolutely think that's possible. That could be done via email. It could be done on LinkedIn. It could be done via video. It could be done, you know, move. But it starts, I believe, connection starts often now online and then moves to somewhere else. Yeah, and I, I think a, a parallel to that, I think people parallel it the wrong way. They think of of, you know, well, I see people on Facebook and that's just like if we were in class together and really seeing them on Facebook is more like if you live in the same town and occasionally walk by each other in the grocery store um, and yeah. say, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Hey, how are you? You know, how was the snow? Oh, it was a lot of shoveling. Like that's that's the experience you have on Facebook. It's not like if you're in class together and you're whispering back and forth while the teacher's back is turned um, or you're working together. It's. It's that very shallow conversation, um, but online, as you said, you know, getting together with for for one to ones for virtual coffees, podcast interviews. Uh, that's a lot of what I what I do this podcast for is is I have one to ones and virtual coffees all the time. Might as well record some of them and share them with the audience. Absolutely. Well, you learn something, and I think that's really where the depth happens, right? If we ask deeper questions, we get deeper connections, and I think people miss that, right? To your point, I think Facebook is really almost like I'm wearing a shirt that has what I had for lunch or what I'm thinking about just on my shirt and I see it across the room and then I sprint past you. But if I stop, now we have real connection here. I think that's the key. It's your grocery store analogy. Absolutely. And I think Facebook and and I I mentioned your opinion too. I think Facebook used to have deeper connection, deeper conversations and as it become more memefied and more, it's about shares and quick, you know, moving by. Um, I'm I'm having a conversation. I'm in a, a, chat conversation and we're, we're discussing um, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda versus uh, Alan Menken, who, do you know who Alan Menken is? I don't. You don't? Okay, it proves my point. Great. Uh, he He's the one who composed most of the Disney songs you know, but don't know he wrote them. 
Whereas oh, Lin Manuel cool. Miranda, everyone knows who he is because he's mainstream popular. And that's what I was saying is nobody knows who Alan Menken was, which is why nobody talks about him. Um, and somebody then came up with a point because they clearly just read the last three comments. And it's like, but he wrote a bunch of things and so he's just as big. And I'm like, of course he's just as big. My point is no one's heard of him. But they didn't even read the whole conversation. They just jumped in, dropped their dropped their conversation bomb, ran off. And I feel like 10 years ago, conversations were more in-depth and it was more... I'm not to say that it was ever deep, insightful conversation, but more conversational and less about dropping memes and running. Um, it's always been more Twitterized. Yeah, well, I, I think, to your point, uh, before with Slashdot, which is one of my... Or BBSs, we had to read the whole thing. It just made sense to be part of the conversation with ICQ, IRC, even, you know, to some extent, right? AOL Instant Messenger. We absolutely had to read that because that was the etiquette. Mm -hmm. Now the etiquette is I want to make my point at all costs and I'm going to make it. I'm going to run away. And my goal is to get the most reaction from the most amount of people so that I can seem cool. Well, now... To your point, I think if we invite people into our home, which I would say like my Facebook profile is my home, mm-hmm. when I invite people in and I thoughtfully respond to each person that comments, you're right. There isn't the depth of 86 people talking about the same thing, everybody waiting for a turn. But I think the depth can still be there because if you comment and I reply to that, and then that sparks a conversation again somewhere else. I think it absolutely can be. But I think we have so much noise and so many things. And it's mm-hmm. so hard to wade through all this crap. I mean, I think about right now I'm looking at my task where I've got Slack. I've got Discord. I've got my email. I've got a Chrome browser. I've got Zoom. I've got Basecamp. I've got, uh, let's see what else. Yeah, so all this stuff that just notify, 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 notify. Well, now... Of course, it can't possibly be as rich. Before, we had one choice. It's just yeah. like TV, right? TV used to be three network stations and PBS. Well, the world has changed. To your point, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so, so, how do we, um, so, so how do we get more meaningful relationships in this busier, louder, noisier social media environment? Yeah, so first, we have to start by actually caring about people. We have to focus on serving instead of selling Mm. in all that we do. The service aspect is so often missed. So I want to be a service to you, right? So you do your podcast. You want to be a service to your network. I do my podcast for the same reason. I am on social media, not to be served, not to be, not to sell, but to serve others and and to help others. And so it starts there. Secondly, then it requires some level of vulnerability. Like, not fake vulnerability. Oh, you know, this is so sad. And, you know, I'm sad. But I overcame it and I'm awesome. Like, not everything has a hero's journey. Sometimes it genuinely just sucks. And that's okay. We have to admit that. We have to be vulnerable. And then when that happens, often others feel permission to be vulnerable back. And then we have to give a crap about them enough to say, wow, Michael, that really does suck. Maybe there's something we can do to make it suck less. Maybe there's a conversation we can have. Maybe there's someone I can connect you with. Maybe there's a resource that I have. Maybe I listened to your podcast and, you know, episode 37 of season two was fantastic that addresses your exact need. And perhaps if you give this a listen, it might help you. So we have that. 
And then we have to really then be deliberate about the follow-up. Mm. Both as the recipient, the person who was served, the person that was helped, and the person who delivered that. And so if we can do that, we started on social. We started maybe in public. We have to move it privately. We have to get to the point where we trust each other enough that you know that I'm acting in your best interest and I know that you're acting in my best interest. And then we're able to really then connect and, and deepen that. But I, I seldom anymore does it just be a public relationship. It has to go deeper than that. Yep. Yeah, I, I love I love and, and the first thing being that that you have to actually want to give and and care. And actually something happened back in December, which is uh, sort of exemplifies your your point that a friend of mine, she posted she was having trouble finding a job, you know, basically having a very bad year. Um, and part of that was finding a job. And so I reached out and and said, you know, I hear you're, um, you're having trouble finding a job. That's something I'm pretty good at helping people with because it's basically an application of networking, if done right. Um, and it makes it pretty easy. And, and I was very authentic and honest. I was quite frankly like, so if you want to talk about your problem, I got to be honest, I don't have time to listen to you complain about your problem. If you want to solve your problem, I will, and, and I don't have time to work you through the mindset shift to get you there. Um, but if you're ready to take action, I'll tell you what to do. I'll give you the strategy and like tell you how to talk to them, who to call, what to do. And she's like, yes, yes, yes. What do I do? And I'm like, here it is. It was literally a 15 minute coaching conversation on Facebook Messenger. She did it. Um, what she learned, and for anyone listening, this is the secret I shared with her, uh, is if you apply for a job, you can actually pick up the phone and call the company and get in touch with the decision maker and say, I'd love your advice. What's your process? How do you hire people? What would you recommend is the best way to get myself in there? And people like having human conversations. She did that, discovered the secret I just shared, and she's getting a job um, next week. Or should we be, I think just under a month after we first talked. Um, but it's because I was authentic and I was like, quite frankly, I don't have time to, to listen to you. You know, I can't be the shoulder to cry on. You got plenty of friends who can be a shoulder to cry on. I can give you the answer. That's what I got for you. And because I could be so blunt about that, it got, and the other result would have been like, well, I need, really need someone to talk to. Well, okay. You got friends to talk to. Um, unfortunately I'm not that, but I got answers. And so being who I am offering what I have with the energy and time I had for it, um, it made for a, a powerful connection and result. Yeah. And again, right, that's being honest and open enough to share, knowing that the other person may or may not welcome that. That's mm -hmm. okay, right? We have to be all right with uh, our our advice, our insight, our, our our resources, our network. They may not, they may not want them to your point. They might just want a shoulder to cry in, and that's cool too. Yep. That's fine. That's not a professional relationship. Right, go right. talk to a therapist, go talk to a, a deep mm -hmm. friend, a capital, I call it a capital F friend, right? Somebody that really, yep. really uh, cares, not cares like with a, again, with a capital C, not like cares in the professional sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, in this case, this is actually a friend. She didn't, she didn't hire me. I was just. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, yeah, exactly. Right. right. So, but still, you know, yep. still you didn't have space for the personal. So you made time for the professional. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of being honest with that, but, but that's, that's definitely the thing about looking at, at, at it, even, even in this in this low bandwidth space, you know, we, we get a, a terabyte of download speed, but we still have low bandwidth for people. Um, but, you know, even in this space, using that as a chance to say, where can I help? 
and right. watching for those posts where someone is saying, I can't find a job or I'm having this physical medical issue and I don't know what to do about it or, you know, whatever the challenge is and being able to reach out and say, I might have a solution for you. I might have an introduction or a piece of advice or a resource and can I help you is, is very powerful. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so, so talk a bit about, uh, so, so I'm a podcaster, you're a podcaster. We're both podcasters together. Um, talk a bit about how you use podcasts to build relationships. Well, uh, first, I, I find people that I want to learn from, that I have a genuine interest in, that I'm like, you know, I, I bet that person would be pretty interesting. Or it's someone that I've sort of become friends with that I'd like to deepen the relationship with. So mm-hmm. it's one of two. it's one of two spaces there. Those are the people that come on my show. Um, and from there, I have a prep call. So a little 15-minute prep call. We talk about, hey, here's the run of the show. Here's who I am. Give them some of my energy so they feel it. You know, if if they like it, that's great. And if they don't, well, we're probably not a good fit for the podcast. So I do that. We spend a couple minutes at the front end. I ask real questions. I'm genuine on the show. So I actually listen. I don't have a mm-hmm. script of here's 26 questions that I can pick from. I'm fully present for the show. I ask questions. And then after I make time to say thank you, I make sure that I share the show, um, that I, you know, that I tag them, that I pay attention to them. Um, and you know, I'm genuinely grateful. And then from there, hopefully we we get connected on some social channel that then I can pay a little bit more attention to them. We deepen that connection because we've had that interaction mm-hmm. and you know, it just goes from there. And sometimes we only talk once a year, some guests once a year, some yep. guests talk more frequently than that. I have one guest, uh, that's been on the show three times, if you can believe that. Uh, three different books that he's written, three different valuable insights uh, that, that he's offered. I don't like guests on the show three times, but if you have three different things to say, well, cool, let's talk, right? So I mm-hmm. think uh, that's how it happens. And he's open enough to ask me that because I've said, and I mean it, hey, if you have something else you're talking about, let's have a conversation again. Yeah. And so that happens. Um, and then again, right, If I as I see things, uh, I try to connect with people uh, on their birthdays too. If you share your birthday, I believe connection starts with happy birthday. So I'll call, if I have your number, I'll call you. If I don't, I'll, I'll privately typically message you something meaningful mm-hmm. about how I know you or how excited I am for, uh, your year ahead because I am, this is not false. I genuinely am excited for your ahead. Um, or, uh, because I'll review and see, Oh, well, maybe you're going through some tough times. A friend of mine right now is in the hospital. Her, her birthday was this week. And I said, happy birthday. Hope you have the best year ever. Yeah. Hey, jerk. I'm in the hospital and I'm not doing well and I'm having trouble breathing. Thanks a lot for your wish. She might not say that, but I will tell you, right? A podcast guest, someone like that, that I don't know intimately well, but mm-hmm. I know okay well, is going to think, well, like he just says that to everybody. That's completely disingenuous. And I don't say that to everybody. I do take mm-hmm. the time to look. I do take the time to research, right? So I take the five to seven, 10 minutes to look through and see even my podcast guests, like what's going on in their life. So that when we do talk, I can see, is there maybe something that we can include in the conversation? I might even ask. So Michael, I see recently you, uh, you know, you this happened. And uh, did you have any lessons that maybe we could talk about on the show that were related to that? And you might say, oh, dude, that's totally off limits. That's fine. But maybe you might say, oh, yeah, that's great. I, I yeah, I, I do want to talk about that. 
that's mm. important um, to that. So that's how I how I use it um, for you know for connection with the okay. guests. Okay, yeah, I, I love that. And so so something I want to want to get your advice on actually. Uh, so I meet like a thousand people a year, as you possibly do as well. Um, I, I, now many of them I'll meet once. I'll make like a couple introductions, and this this happens all the time. I'll get a thank you email from someone. Oh, thanks so much for introducing me to Bob. It was a great connection, and that's really going to be good for me. And I'm like Bob, Bob, who the heck is Bob? I'm like going back and checking my notes. Oh, right. Bob met with him three weeks ago. Completely forgot the conversation. Um, but, but even the people I want to keep in touch with, there's hundreds of them. And, you know, you're talking about, you know, remembering their birthdays and checking in and, and, um, you know, how do you, I, I assume you systematize that in some way. Uh, cause otherwise that would just const- like you would just full time be keeping in touch with your network. So, so how do you keep in touch with everyone and not, have that fully consume your, uh, your entire calendar? Yeah. A great question. And that is honestly, that that's the biggest question I get. It's how do I do this? Like at scale. And the answer mm-hmm. to that is first of all, um, you mean a thousand people a year, not everybody is someone that I want to get stay connected with. Like, even if I connect, right. I don't know. Is just stay connected. So, so we start there probably 20% are people that are genuinely really had a great connection with. And I'm like, oh, I want to make sure. So it starts there. I shrink that thousand under 200. Okay. That's the first thing. That's first mm-hmm. pass. Okay. From there, then I'm I, what I do is then every day I take a little bit of time It's in my calendar to look at the social networks just to see what's new and what's exciting and to see if it's anybody's birthday on the network. Okay, so I check that and I see, oh, hey, look at that. It's Michael's birthday. Now, Michael, if you don't share it, here's the thing. I don't get to see it, but you also don't get to see mine. Okay, unless you go to my profile, you don't get the notification typically on most platforms, right? Not every platform, right? So I make sure my first, right, my birthday is open. It's December 2nd. Um, I I share that. I'm great with that, right? You wish me a happy birthday. That's cool. But then every day, right, I have about an hour carved out. And sometimes I don't get a full hour in a row, but it's spent that time is spent checking in and seeing what's up. And then I also use prep time that I have if I'm going to meet with somebody to spend some time turbo stalking them, to maybe engage with their content, to see what's there. Um, and then last but not least, honestly, it's some serendipity too. Hey, you, you remember uh, two weeks ago, you talked with this person about this. And frankly, I often do not, but that makes me jog my mind and go back and look. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, out of a thousand people, there's probably maybe 50 to a hundred that I really genuinely get to stay connected with because they genuinely want to stay connected with me. Some people don't and that's okay, right? That's fine. Uh, But the other people are there, right? I would say, right, small network. Over the top of that is a bigger network. Mm-hmm. And over the top is everybody that I've met over the last, uh, let's see, I would say I've had a, uh, I've been out of college since, uh, or been out of the Navy since 96. So pretty much anybody that I've met since then, um, I that I've connected with, which is probably, you know, they're, they're the bigger network. And mm-hmm. if they reach out to me, cool, let's talk. And if not, that's cool too. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Exactly. That's one of the I mean, I, I've never been good at, uh, you know, maintaining friendships in the traditional way anyway, um, which has been something of a challenge. And then in, in business, code of my strategy has been, I provide enough value in the first meeting that if I forget to stay in touch, they still think I'm a cool guy because they're like, well, he's not really thoughtful, but he did make three really great introductions for me. So 
he's he's a he's a good guy to know, even if he's you know not good at yeah uh, that pleasant street stuff. Like my wife is well, great. It depends at that, what you want. Well, but it depends what you want, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, I, I would say I don't need any more capital F friends, but mm-hmm. I certainly need more little F friends, more people that I can help and they can help me for sure, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's that's normal. That's normal. And so you know, sometimes you know, a lot of times I'll subscribe to people's newsletter. And then sometimes even dive through that, uh, you know, dive through that and see, oh, that's what Michael's talking about these days. That might be interesting, right? So I, I might dive through that and, you know, if I see your name, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool, mm. right? Now, at the same time, I would also say people who sign me up for their newsletter that I didn't ask for it, I just want to beat it over the head with a naughty stick. Like, dude, come on, don't do yeah. that, you know? But if I ask for it, if I sign up for it, and a lot of times I do, many of my guests Many of my friends are thought leaders and smart people like you that put out content. So absolutely, I'm going to sign up for that and uh, try to stay in touch with them that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that that's something I do make use of is because I've realized that that often we you'll see something on face on Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever, and say, oh, that's interesting and keep scrolling. And just taking the time to put one sentence of this is really great. Thanks for sharing. Um, you, you think and even even someone has a lot of followers, a lot of connections. You're like, oh, they don't need my comment. But a thousand people may see it and three may comment. One percent, right? I wrote about yeah. that today, actually. One percent. If you make it even easier, like a silly poll on LinkedIn, maybe you get two percent. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. And yet, but what do we do? We chase all the people that aren't interested, that showed no interest in us. Uh-huh. We're racing them people. Stop. Like, come on. You want to do business with people that are interested in you. Don't. I mean, that's how I feel, right? I mean, I, I think about that all the time. Who, who do I want to do business with? Or, you know, I'm married now. You know, my, I love my wife. I love my wife. And I'm not looking to chase anybody else. And I never like the chase. Like, mm-hmm. that's not fun for me. I'm not looking for people that aren't interested in me. If I have to convince you to be my friend... Well, we're not, we're never really going to be friends. Right. I want you to want to be my friend too, right? Like there's mm-hmm. got to be some reciprocity there. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's simple. as like, like the, the post you made that uh, you were asking, I can't remember if that was your post or your comment, but, but you, you were asking about, you know, do you like, um, you, do you know, like polls, do you like polls. And, and I, and I half joking, half serious was like my favorite polls are polls about if you like polls, um, which actually I, I made that, I put a post up in December. That was a poll, which is what do you think about polls? Um, and my, my favorite answer that I offered was I hate polls and I never answer them. Uh, and I think 20% of people clicked on, I never answer polls. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, but you know, it, it was, it was just a quick joke that came to mind. And in the past, I, there have been times I'm like, well, do I want to make this joke? Because if it doesn't land right, they, they might not take it the right way. And But if they don't, they don't. You know, they they might be mildly offended. And I've had people I've had people who, you know, took a comment the wrong way, flipped out and um, got angry, unfriended me. And I'm like, all right, bye. Yeah, like, come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think you have to have the same exact personality as I do, the same exact sense of humor. But if you're trying to be funny, mm-hmm. I don't need to be butthurt over that. Like, be yeah. funny. It's cool. Yeah. I be I might be like, well, that's interesting. I don't agree. Or I might not get it, right? I might say, yep. oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I try not to get butthurt over stuff like that because yeah. life is short, man. Yeah, and at least like, you know, was that supposed to be a joke because it wasn't funny? And Right. Or, or, yeah. or even, I mean, in this case, the person got offended. And I'm like, I'm really sorry I offended you. It wasn't meant to be offensive. Here's the joke I was trying to make. Obviously, it didn't land right. Like, I explained that. And, and she just, you know. 
she, she's having her own issues in that particular case. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's something I've gotten really good at is, is letting people go. Um, uh, Lois Kofi says, bless and release is, is the phrase. There you go. But you know, if I, if I'm seeing someone's posts and they're upsetting me and I'm like, Oh, I want to comment. I'm like, no, I don't have to comment. And so many people on social media, I don't know them. They're social media friends. I'm like, wait, why am I commenting? I could just unfriend. Whoom. And now they're gone. They've disappeared from my universe. My universe is a cleaner, happier place. Absolutely. All the time. So so around that connection starts with happy birthday, right? If I go to your profile to mm-hmm. wish you a happy birthday, and I'm like, have I ever interacted with this person? I'll look at the friendship if we're Facebook friends, or I might look at the his- message history. How, how do I know this person? Mm-hmm. And then I look at their posts, and I'm like, huh, well, maybe I don't really like this person. Or there's nothing personal, right? People who only write business stuff. Yep. I don't want – they're not friends, mm-hmm. right? So if that's all they write and I'm, they've never added any value, I'm like, huh, okay, that's interesting. I am fir- Then I'm going to look at the friends in common. Chances are 37 of those people are also friends that I don't really know. Yep. So I'm going to unfriend all of them. I'm going to disconnect from all of them and the person whose birthday it is as a happy birthday message to you that says, hey, you're released from being my friend because you no longer need me. <laughs> my birthday, my birthday present to you is freedom. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, for sure, right? And then if they come back to me and say, "Hey, uh, what happened here?" I'll be like, "Oh, well, we we haven't interacted. Would you like to have a Zoom call? Would you like to get to know each other?" And if they're like, "No, I just want to be your connection," well, block. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are there are some people. I mean, it, for me, if they're passive friends, you know, we have nothing in common, but they're they're inoffensive. Maybe they're consuming my content. So I'm okay with leaving them there to do that. That's right. Um, it's when they start commenting or, or their posts. Are, because also I'll, I'll unfollow before I unfriend. Because, hey, I don't want to see your content. Doesn't mean you can't see my content. That's I'm right. Happy. You can listen to my podcast. You can watch my live videos. You can share it with your friends. By all means. I just don't need yours. But you that's can right. totally have mine. Mine's free for the taking. Yeah, that's right. So that's that's also sometimes, though, why people feel more intimate with us than we feel with them. If we're content mm. creators, right, if they listen to our podcast, like, oh, I've listened to 47 hours of Phil's podcast. I really know this guy. No, you don't. <laughs> Even if I'm on a show like this, right? Like, I'm not, you know, you're not like, so, Phil, uh, how often do you have sex with your wife? No, dude, we're not talking about that. That's personal, right? You don't know. That, so yeah, like don't assume intimacy. I I call it the illusion of intimacy, and mm, sometimes yep. we make the ask bigger than the relationship. Like if we just met, I should not be asking you for every CEO's phone number in your network. That's I, yep. I don't care what you do, right? That's just wrong. So if that's true, then stop with the illusion of intimacy. And remember, it could be one sided, right? They could have been listening to your podcast, my podcast, reading your stuff. They could have been turbo stalking you. Mm-hmm. I, I have a woman that I dated a while ago, uh, well before my wife, that actually went through, no lie, she went back to 2007 in my Facebook history and had like a, like a sheet of questions to ask me. And I'm like, I really don't know. And uh, I don't think we should see each other again, but uh, good lunch. <laughs> I, I think actually my wife may have done that with mine, but she, she wasn't judgmental about it. She just wanted to know, you know, when she meets someone, she'll go back into their history and not to judge, but to understand. Um, and and so she she had a sense of what she was getting into. So there were less surprises, which actually smoothed things out. But I, I love that phrase, turbo socking. Um, that's a great, uh, great concept. 
Um, and, and we're talking about that illusion of intimacy. You know, my other podcast, the Morning Motivation Podcast, um, is 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 in some ways designed to create that um, that I guess you could say illusion of intimacy. I mean, I'm I am trying to get into your bed. I want you to listen to me before you get up. Um, there you go. So, so you know, the idea of morning motivation is two to five minutes when you're lying in bed, going, oh, yeah. you pull your phone out, you you hit the app or the email, and you listen to me being like, "All right, Phil, come on, get out of bed, let's get going." And you're like, "Thanks, Michael, I'm ready for my day." Um, and I think I'm getting that result because I get more and more downloads, and people tell me they like it. But but again, you know, it's totally possible that after a year of my voice waking you up in the morning, you might. Yeah, think that that I know you better than I do because I've never talked to you. You've listened to me 365 times, um, but we've never actually spoken. So yeah, that can certainly lead to that that uh, kind of thing. And you know, done well as a marketing tool. Like I want prospective clients and prospective partners to think of me as their best buddy who wakes them up in the morning. But that can also go awkwardly if they they don't realize I don't know them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think just understanding what the real relationship is, is it consumption? Is it follow? Is it relationship? Right. What, what is the relationship? Uh, what, what is it right again? Little R versus big R. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that, that concept. So, so if someone is, um, and, and actually a very timely question, you know, a lot of people maybe they haven't been able to go to networking events for the last year, year and a half, or they've been on and off, they've been canceling. Um, and they, so some people, like me in March said, okay, the game just changed. What are the new rules? Let's play and win. Um, that's how I became now I'm, now I'm global networking connector instead of a, a county wide in new London County networking connector. But for other people, I think they're like, um, huh, I've been sitting around twiddling my thumbs for a year and a half. You know, I don't think this is going back to normal. I think I might need the internet. Um, so for those people who are used to connecting in person and are now forced to get online, either because they're now in more of a global space or just because, things are too unstable and unpredictable in person, what would be your your key bit of advice for them to leverage digital connecting in, over in-person connecting? Awesome question. So first, you got to get dressed before you get busy. Fill out your profile. Get out there who you are and what you mm. want to be known for. First step, right? Get dressed before you get busy, before you start connecting. Before you start doing all this, right, get dressed. Think about what you want to wear, how you want to be seen, right? Who are you going to connect with? Then drop those who do you want to connect with first by who am I already connected to that maybe I'm not connected with digitally. So I draw that list up, right? And I'm thinking about family members, friends. I'm thinking about former coworkers, current coworkers, you know, people I went to church with, people I played pickup basketball with. I don't really care, right? But I want to get connected to them because that puts me one connection away from someone that I likely want to know. So I have that. And then start connecting with those people that you want to connect with by following first, commenting first, Value over volume. Mm. Do your best to add as much value to their life before you add volume to your network. So comments, to your point, Michael, 1% of people leave a comment. Leave a thoughtful comment. Read what people wrote. Comment on that. Wait, wait, read the whole thing? Yeah. Oh, read man, the I got to read the, all the way to the bottom? Oh, geez, that's so much work. <laughs> it is work, right? But so, but again, that's where value over yeah. volume. I'm not looking to throw a thousand people in my network. If you're just getting started, your goal should be two to five people a day. 
because mm-hmm. you're just getting started. It's going to take you more time. But yes, read their stuff. And if they don't post anything, did they comment on anything? If they didn't, right? So first thing to connect with is the individual. Okay? Really simple. Who's the person? What do they do it? Now look for things in common. That's really important, right? Do they wear white glasses like I do? That If I'm a white looking for somebody and I see they have white glasses, I'm going to comment on that. What's in common? Is it people? Right? Is it is it place? Did we work together? Did you work in the same city? Do you have something in common? You see that, hey, we're in the same group together. But be specific about it. Don't be broad. Be specific about it. And then, right, then then think about some insight. Maybe you can add some insight to their life. Hey, you know, I, I'm an expert in this, or I know a little bit about this. And, you know, to your point about asking for help. Some people, they ask for help and nobody answers them. <laughs> so you can get connected by being helpful. Yep. You can get connected by serving over selling, right? So think, be of service. And then, and then I would say the last thing, and, and this is think, something that as you're starting out is going to be harder and often is the least likely way until you get good at it to do. And that is to be interesting and interested. So interesting, you share something funny, you make a joke. Sometimes it doesn't land, doesn't always work, that's okay. <laughs> but interested, wow, Michael, you said this, and I'd like to learn more about that. Mm-hmm. And so then at two to five people a day, you add 10 to 25 people you're trying to network with. If 20% add you, you're going to add two to five people, 10 people a week on your network, and then stay connected with them. Just make it a routine, add time to your calendar. And get connected. And then you're going to find some mega connectors that you know. You're like, holy crap. I didn't know that this person knew everybody that I want to know. Then you try to schedule some time with them. Say, hey, Michael, would you have 15, 30, 60 minutes? I could spend some time with you. You might have to pay for that. You might have to pay for the virtual coffee. Be open to that. If you really need to get connected and you know someone that is a hyper connector or that is connected to the exact people you want to talk to, be open to that. Now, they might re- decline it, but let them know, hey, I-, I know that there might be a fee with this. Is there, you know, do I need to, you know, if I need to, I- I- I'm happy to pay for your time. And just be open to that because your goal, again, is to have a valuable network, mm-hmm. not a volume network. So, so that's where I would start. That's a, Long answer, I guess. I love that. Yeah. yeah but that, that was pretty much the whole, you know, you just laid out a whole strategy right there. Um, that was about, you know, four minute, a, a four minute masterclass on how to connect on the internet. So that, that was pretty solid there. Um, that was, that was very powerful. And, you know, so this has been a great conversation. I always love talking to other connectors um, because, you know, I, I think I'm pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at making connections for people. Um, but, but, you know, I love talking to people who are technically more proficient than I am. Uh, you know, have better systems and better better at the follow-up and the process. I'm more instinctive. I'm like, uh, this person and this person, I think, says the spirits of networking to my mind. Um, so you know, I always learn something in these kinds of conversations. And uh, part of the reason I love these podcasts is they're recorded, so I can go back and listen later and be like, Phil says something about, no, he said a lot of things. I don't remember anything. Okay, let me go listen again. And and I'm going to listen back to this one. I do others in my, in my show where I'll be like, was I there for that? Because I don't remember him saying that before. So that's why I love these podcasts because they they record all the brilliant things you're saying, um, and then a bunch of things I'm saying in between too. I fast forward over those, but uh, <laughs> it's, no, I love listening to my own voice too. I don't fast forward over my own voice ever. Uh, 
but you know, it's a great chance to to you know learn from you and to be able to go back to that. So thank you so much for being here. Um, so if people are listening, they're saying that was an amazing four minute masterclass and great interview. I want to learn more from Phil, possibly even hire Phil. How would people get in touch with Phil? Well, so first I'm going to give you my phone number. If you're bold, you want help right now. My phone number is 414-640-7445. Call or text. You can even FaceTime me. It's cool. If you try to sell me on the first call, I'm going to block you. But if you want to talk, let's talk. Okay. So second, go to LinkedIn. Put in Gerbyshak. G-E-R-B-Y-S-H-A-K. Tell me in the connection request. Personalize the invitation. If you're listening on your smartphone, you're going to LinkedIn to the app. You have to click on the three dots. Personalize the invitation and say, Phil, I heard you on the guy who knows a guy show. I'd love to connect. I'll absolutely say yes. If you send me a generic request, I'm probably going to look at you like, huh, is this person trying to sell me something or is this person of value? <laughs> I, I I will. I'm just being honest, right? I've got 400 sitting out there that I'm undecided as to whether they're valuable or whether I'm volume in their mm-hmm. network. So do that. And then if you're super duper bold, right? If you don't want to call though and you're not a LinkedIn person, you can email me real easy. Phil at philgerbyshack.com. Super simple. P-H-I-L at P-H-I-L-G-E-R-B-Y-S-H-A-K.com. Send me a note. Happy to help you. Uh, but those three methods are the best way to uh, follow up with me. I love it. And so when they're on LinkedIn, how will they know which Phil Gerbyshack you are? Michael, do you really think there's another Phil Gerbyshack? <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple Michael Whitehouses out there. But yeah, it's, I was thinking that you were probably the Phil Gerbyshack. Yeah, I always joke, right? So if you're looking for Gerbyshack, you'll see you'll see Paul, who's my brother. I think he has 11 connections. And me, who has slightly more. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I joke. I am the second most popular Michael Whitehouse on YouTube. There you go. Excellent. There's, a, there's an author, uh, a horror author out of England whose name is Michael Whitehouse. And so... So he, he gobbles up a lot of my names, SEO. I'm like, damn it, English Michael Whitehouse of horror. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's fun. But with that, so hold on. So quick tip on that. If that's your challenge, include your middle initial. You do that well. Michael G. Whitehouse. That helps, right? And then always use it. David David Meerman Scott yep. actually is, right? David Scott. But he had a Meerman. And now he is the only David Meerman Scott. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we, we tend to, like... People don't mistake us for the other one. He doesn't have a beard oh, come on. thing. So, um, but also, you know, when you search and you find like horror stories, you're like, oh, I mean, I've, I know he does networking horror stories, but I didn't think he did actual horror stories. So people usually <laughs> figure it out and, and scroll on pretty quick, but it, but it is interesting that there's that another Michael Whitehouse out there. Uh, but so cool. this has been, this has been great. It's been great to learn from you. And I look forward to listening to this in four months and hearing all the stuff I forgot you said when we first recorded it. Um, this has been a lot of fun. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Michael. It was great. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. 
It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect. JV-Connect.com. That's JV-Connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.